0: Welcome to the second ever installment of the Owl Chat Podcast. I am Kai Millette from Big Owl Blog, and I'm here with my partner, Jonathan Finer. Uh, hey. Today, we're going to be talking a lot of football. Um, uh, you know, first episode was pretty information heavy. Um, we want to continue bringing you guys the best product possible. We've made a few refinements. Um, we're going to diversify a little bit today, uh, talk a lot about um, just sports uh, around Kennesaw. And uh, I'm going to let John take you guys away
1: and uh, give you guys the rundown of the last couple of weeks. Hey, yeah. Thanks, Kai. Um, like I said, we're going to kind of make refinements to the podcast, try some new things, um, you know, and giving you guys the weekly rundown, because I know there's a lot of sports at Kennesaw, a lot going on. And it's really hard to keep up if you're not uh, pretty dedicated to it like uh, me and Kai. So I'm going to give you guys the rundown. I'm going to cover some uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. Uh, baseball, and some football, and then after that, we will transition to what we're going to be going over uh, primarily today, which would be the uh, football schedule for Kennesaw State and the opponent. So we're going to go heavy on that at the end. So uh, here we go. Uh, So uh, Kennesaw State men's basketball is going to travel to Indiana to play the Hoosiers on December 29th, uh, according to some Indiana websites. Um, These teams met last year. We lost by 14, unfortunately. Uh, as a Hawks fan, it's always good to see our old friend, uh, head coach Mike Woodson, who's with Indiana. Um, I have a couple friends, and uh, we used to, you know, always say Woody is no goody, because we didn't like him. The guy wasn't any good. He was just like an average coach. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, we also played Indiana back in the day. I remember we played them in 2015. Uh, you might remember uh, Yogi Farrell and uh, Thomas Bryant were on that team. Uh, Thomas Bryant just won a ring with the Nuggets, so uh, congratulations to him. Uh, we lost that one by 27, you uh, know, Brown and Kendrick Ray dropped 20 plus uh, blast from the past right there. Uh, more basketball news. Um, I asked a trivia question on Twitter a few weeks ago about which four current Owls scored the most points in the NCAA tournament last season, and nobody got the answer right. Uh course, though, I made it a trick question. Uh, the answers were, number one through three, Terrell Burden with 14, DeMond Robinson with eight, Simeon Coddle with seven, and the fourth leading scorer was Delaney Hurd. Uh, if that name's new to you, it's because he recently walked on to the Owls after uh, being a walk-on at Alabama under Petway. Uh, he hit a three in garbage time in the round of 64 against Texas A&M Corpus Christi to give him three points, and scored a bucket in trash time in round two against Maryland for five points, which would put him him behind Coddle's seven points and ahead of Quincy Adam McCoy's two points. Um, if you look closely at the pictures from the official KSU basketball Twitter over the past few weeks, you would have seen Delaney Heard in there. You would have no idea who he was, but you know you can get a lot of hints and hints and tips just from uh, looking at those things online. Um, so they also posted the numbers and measurables um, for the men's basketball team recently. Uh, with the new players and some uh, returning players, actually changed some new numbers. Uh, freshman guard R.J. Johnson will be wearing number two, um, and he's listed at six four two thirty, and he's probably going to profile as like a point guard. So he's a tank. That, that kid's a tank. Um, the number was most famously worn by Markeith Cummings. One of the best scorers, if not the top score in KSU Owls history. So uh, Markeith played like 09 to 13, something like that. Great player. Definitely is he's still playing pro. Uh, definitely recommend you guys to look him up. A high flyer who can really finish at the rim and dunk. Um, transfer from West Virginia, Jamel King. Um, I'm not going to mention Bob Huggins. Oh, I mentioned Bob Huggins. Uh, <laughs> but he'll be wearing um, Chris Youngblood's number three. He's listed as 6'6", 200. Uh, So good size there. Uh, Wore number four at West Virginia, but four is already taken by Cole LaRue. So if that was his first choice, tough luck. Um, Returning guard, Simeon Cottle, will be switching from number two to number five, which was worn by Brandon Stroud. I actually did not do the research to see if that's what he wore in high school, but I'm just going to assume he's paying homage to Brandon. Um, Freshman guard, Frank Juan Sherman, chose number 10, which was worn by Alex Peterson the last three years. Uh, Frank Vaughn wore number two in high school, but uh, fellow freshman R.J. Johnson already got that one. Uh, if they did rock, paper, scissors on it, I am not sure. Or maybe Frank Vaughn just wanted to change things up. And he's listed as a stout 6'7", 210, so he'll give us good size on the way. Uh, Delaney Hurd, uh, walk-on, who I just mentioned earlier, will be wearing number 11, most recently worn by another walk-on, Dimitri, Rivas, uh, Dimitri Reeves, a few years ago. And more notably by Kyle Clark, who held down the number under Al Skinner from 2015 to 2019. And if you guys remember Miles Hamilton before that, then you're a real Owls fan. And uh, he wore that number as well. Uh, heard wore number 12 at Alabama. Uh, we don't have a 12, so uh, this was obviously his call. Uh, he's listed at 6'3", 209, so good size for a bench guy. Um, you know, if he ate an extra sandwich before the weigh-in, he could have gotten to 210. Um, so 209, you know, KSU is listing some oddly specific weights, which I'm down with. Actually, I'm all for that. Um, we know they're not lying to us. Uh, freshman guard Chase Clemens uh, will be wearing number 20 for the Alps. more number three um, for Etowah, which uh, I mentioned was already taken by Jamel King. Um, I imagine transfers get their pick of the litter before the freshmen. So uh, probably no rock, paper, scissors on this one. Uh, but if they wanted to duke it out, you know, old school style with hand to hand combat, Clemens is 60172 soaking wet and King is 66200. So he has both the reach and the power advantage. Uh, either way, Clemens wasn't getting that number. Uh, what I found interesting is the number 20 hasn't been worn by an owl, at least to my knowledge, uh, since 2005-2006 by Ryan Nelson, our first year in D1. If anybody can find anything different, let me know. Um. Freshman Marcus Whitlock, listed as number 22, which was taken last year by Spencer Rogers for actually like the last three or four years. Uh, Whitlock weighs in at uh, six, uh, he's at 6'2 and weighs in at a, another oddly specific 161. Uh, he's going to be keeping his number that he wore at Newton High School. Uh, Jason Holt, listed at six-seven-one-eighty-four will be wearing number 24. He wore uh, number four last year at EGA and also number four at St. Francis. Uh, His freshman year at Bama, he wore number one. Um, I felt I knew where 24 came from, so I did some digging, and I was indeed correct. Uh, It was Kobe Bryant-inspired, I'm sure, if you're wondering. Holt is actually a Warriors fan, but he's a Kobe Bryant stan. Um, He did an interview with John Frierson of UGA's official website and said that Kobe was the player he'd most want to play with and who he looked up to. So that makes sense. And if you're wondering, how the heck did he get number 24? It's because uh, returning wing Quincy Adam McCoy, who wore it last year, is switching to number three, th- 23 this year. I imagine that switch is because Ahmaud Johnson, who wore it last year, is no longer with the Owls. Um, Adam McCoy also wore number 23 at Temple temple university before he transferred and also in his high school days with norcross high school uh love the local kid uh big man ronji gordon listed as a solid 68 220 uh keeping his 25 from uga i'm sorry he keeping his number 25 from uab uh 25 was most recently worn by little used walk-on bobby miller and amir Abdulrahim's first year with the owls um in other news, on the recruiting trail, Coach Petway has put out a, a few offers this month, quite a few, to uh, players from the 2024, 25, and 26 classes. Most notably, uh, 2024 is Will Moore of West Forsyth and Brayden Liu of uh, Alexander High School. Uh, coach Amir Abdurrahim actually offered Brayden Liu as well. On the women's basketball side, uh, the staff is set. Uh, Keisha McClinic is the new uh, head coach. And not new head coach, a new associate head coach. And Morgan Stroman is the new third assistant. McClinic is a local to Atlanta, Stockbridge native. Uh, she has strong ties in her coaching career, a bunch of Tennessee schools. Uh, St- Morgan Stroman was coached by Coach Blue in her final season at Miami. So they have a good relationship there. Uh, she was a, She's a younger coach, was an assistant at Bellarmine last year as her first year as an assistant. Uh, Noel Cobb and Drew Landers will be moving on from Kennesaw State. Um, Another other news in the women's basketball scene, uh, head coach Octavia Blue has inked six foot forward Kayla Massup. That became official this morning when they put it out on Twitter. I hope I'm saying that right. Kayla Massup. Uh, she most recently played at North Georgia Division Two. Uh, Before that, she played for Florida A&M. She's a six foot forward, averaged eight and seven last year with 52% shooting at EGA. And an interesting note about her, she played at Nova High School in Florida, the same high school as Octavia Blue. So you have that relationship there. Uh, the women's basketball team has started putting out uh, 2025 offers, and I found four online for the class uh, since, or since June started. You can check out all the offers at bigowlblog.com or ksuowlhowl.com. Uh, we cover baseball, bas- women's basketball, basketball, and football. All the offers and uh, commitments are there on a spreadsheet. On the football side, we have some uh, coaching news. Uh, Kennesaw State defensive backs coach Darius Safford was added to the Chicago Bears 2023 minicamp and training camp staff as part of a Bill Walsh diversity coaching fellowship. I think I read there were about six coaches that get this opportunity. Uh, it's more of like, a, I guess, an internship type deal as opposed to a full-time job. He's still coach. Safford is still with Kennesaw State, I've confirmed. Um, but unfortunately, defensive ends coach uh, Kinji Cotton, uh, is rumored to be heading to LSU as an analyst. I don't know if, you know, he's been scrubbed from the Kennesaw State site. Uh, I found that interesting. I don't know if this was an error or uh, what, but uh, it's odd to me since past coaches like Joe Speed I checked out, I saw Rico Zachary, um, you know, are not scrubbed from the website. Their bios are still up, but you can't even find the existence of Kenji Cotton on KSU's site, which is interesting to me. I don't know if that's an oversight or what. Um the Owls and Football Owls have also offered uh, 2024 running back safety Jackson Hancock of Sequoia High School in Canton, so not far from KSU, and uh, recently offered uh, QB Jordan Bell of Munford, Tennessee. Again, you can find all recruiting info on ksuowlhowl.com and bigowlblog.com. Uh on the baseball diamond, uh, we have some Owls playing summer league ball, notably, uh, outfielder Jamari Brooks has been tearing it up for the Atlanta Blues in the summer league. Uh, in the sun, they are in the Sunbelt League, which is a local league. Most of the games are played by teams in the Atlanta area. They have teams in a couple Atlanta teams. Uh, one team actually plays on Kennesaw State's campus, their home games. We have a team in Waleska. I think that's on Reinhardt's campus, Gainesville team. Uh, as far as they, The farthest they go is probably uh, Gainesville. So it's cool. If you want to check out some baseball over the summer, definitely check out the Sunbelt League. Um, In the Cape Cod League, the most prestigious summer league, I would say, uh, Blake Ida and Smith Pinson are thrown this summer for the Yarmouth Dennis uh, Red Sox. Uh, Blake has made a few appearances out of the pen, throwing 5.1 total innings, giving up no earned runs, four hits, three walks. And six strikeouts. You can see a video interview of uh, Blake. I retweeted it about a week or so ago from uh, KSU Owl Howell account uh, where he talks about his performances. Um, more interesting note Smith Pinson uh, is working as a starter this summer after being a bullpen arm. and a spare usage as an opener uh, i know he opened the home tech game last uh, this past year where we got the win uh but he's made two starts so far this summer giving up four, for the four earned runs over nine innings my apologies there um as of this moment i still prefer smith as a dominant bullpen option but he ha- but if he has success as a starter uh then that could be an option but uh you know he might profile better as a reliever, but he's getting older, getting stronger. So hopefully he can have some success this summer. It all depends on if he can make it through the lineup a couple of times unscathed. Um, more baseball news. The Owls secured a 2026 commitment from left-handed pitcher Henry Allen of Baylor High School in Ringgold, Georgia. That's kind of by the, Ch- the Tennessee state line in Chattanooga. Again, sorry, guys, I'm get, trying to get all of this out. It's always good to get the early commitments while still possible. Um, With the newly implemented rules in place that limit how early coaches can recruit kids in high school, so you know, um, I think they implemented some rules in I think it was April or May where coaches you know can't can have limited contacts with uh, recruits beyond a certain class. So, you know, getting those commitments in from, I'm sure, offers that were made to these uh, kids before that rule went into effect is imperative. Uh, Finally, I recommend everybody checking out uh, KSU content from Kennesaw State Football on Twitter. That's Kennesaw ST Football. Uh, They put uh, some good interviews recently, especially the one I enjoyed with Coach Bohannon, and you get to hear from new offense coordinator Chris Klonakis. And it sounds like the excitement level is up. The players are really bought in and focused uh, i think coach Bohanning mentioned this was the best off season since like 2017 or something like that um and as we approach our final season fcs it would be great to end it on a good note um if you go through my twitter at uh, ksu owl Howl from the past few weeks you'll be able to see some of these retweeted interviews as well and a bunch of other good content um that's all i have Kai. and uh, what do you got for us uh
0: fantastic great stuff john uh one thing i just wanted to uh Piggyback on that you said was uh r j Johnson coming in at you said two thirty six four yep that, that that's and if you want to double check that i unless I'm seeing something that's
1: that's pretty insane
0: oh well, i believe it i'll I can double check it later but uh i mean his twenty four seven sports profile has him listed at, at one ninety six three um and then uh, what did you say King came
1: in at six six two hundred
0: gotcha so that might clear up uh, a few questions we have just on how some of these guys are going to be used um You know, uh, RJ Johnson is really uh, a true combo guard. Um, I expect to see him at both the one and the two all throughout next season. Um, And then as far as King goes, uh, I think him only coming in at 200 pounds uh, takes away a little bit of his versatility. We'll probably see him less uh, at the five uh, and the four. Um, I'm sure he'll hold down the four at times. Um, and more so at the three. So that makes the, uh, the battle for the three between him and Adam McCoy, uh, a bit more
1: interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, let's start I talking. Actually- yeah, I actually see I actually see Jamel still as the 4 um in the A Sun, you can you know you can get away with that. Uh things might change in conference USA but you know I think 66200 is you know enough size to play the 4 than the A son especially next to a tank like Demond Robinson and right. uh yeah RJ Johnson you know could probably play either for sure just a re- you know Right. And uh, he might
0: be the fourth biggest guy on the floor. But as far as his role goes, you know, we might uh, I expect we'll see him spreading the floor a lot more than a traditional four would, um, especially just in college basketball. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be a fun watch. Um, Yeah. Let's talk some uh, some Al's gridiron. Um, You know, you mentioned the coordinator changes, uh, obviously bringing Chris Klinakis who has a lot of buzz around his name because of guys he's worked with, such as Lamar Jackson and Colin Kaepernick and um, their times in college. Um, and then you bring in Nate Burton, who I'll be honest as a tech fan for the last decade or so, I was not the biggest fan of, but uh, you know, he got to maybe get uh, under his feet a little bit coaching in the USFL last season um, and hopefully dropping down to a lower level at Kennesaw state. Um We'll help him kind of get grounded and uh, get his defense back on track. Um, So, yeah, we're going to talk about this schedule a little bit. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, last year uh, as an FCS team, um, they operate as an FCS independent uh, after being in what was the ASUN football conference last season. Uh, The ASUN WAC is um, scheduled for the future. I don't know if you've heard much about that uh, because it's not relevant to us. But, yeah, so we only play nine games this year, uh, three of which are not Division I opponents. Uh, Typically, an FCS school will play one or two D2 opponents. Uh, We play a single D2 opponent and then two somewhat confusing opponents uh, in uh, Lincoln University and Virginia Lynchburg. Um, Confusing uh, in regards to their classification, but we'll get to that. All right. So week one, we start with uh division two opponent Tusculum, uh, at fifth third bank stadium on August 31st, a, uh, formidable division two program, uh, who went eight and three last year. Um, they've been around a very long time. Uh, they've had history, uh, dating back to the early 1900s, 1910s, um, a special shout out to, uh, Will Cumby who I got to play high school football with his younger brothers, uh, Marshall and Wade, who were both on that, uh, who's who on that roster. Um, you know, they have a fun wide receiver who stands about 5'6". His name is Tyler Burke. Uh, their quarterback put up some decent numbers last year. Threw for 21 touchdowns, uh, over 2,300 yards. Um, honestly, I don't see them posing much of a challenge to Kennesaw, even as a solid D2 program. But how do you see this one going, John?
1: Yeah, um, I I would usually agree with you. Um, and you're you, you're probably right. But I don't want to discount a program that – You know, Kennesaw State had a down year last year. We have a new offensive coordinator. We have a new defensive coordinator. These kids haven't played together before. We haven't played in this offense before. Um, You know, you said Tusculum, their D2 school, correct? Correct. OK, so they still have scholarship players and a 2 can still beat, you know, a D1. But, you know, it's less likely now because we have an extra, you know, we did get our scholarship load up to the FBS level, which, again, makes it even tougher for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would not I would not discount. Um, I would not discount them and call it an automatic win like I might with some other games.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, what scares me is how good they were last year and how much they return. Um, that being said, I do think the talent gap is going to be just a little too much. I think they probably hang, uh, around till the half. And then I think, you know, uh, just lack of stamina kicks in and we probably out, uh, athleticize them. Um, You're probably right outsize well, them and all that right, kind of
1: stuff.
0: Right. But, uh, it'll be a fun first test for that offense. i um, excited to see what Klinakis brings and how much experimenting we do.
1: Um, um, and also, yeah, before we before we move on, you know, I just want to mention that uh, D. Alford, who uh, went to Tusculum, uh, Falcons uh, defensive back, who's been playing pretty well. So, um, you know, they do have some uh, NFL pedigree there. Yeah, he was an
0: undrafted free agent, if I'm not mistaken, and really carved out a role um, in Atlanta last year. Yeah, so for a preference.
1: shout out to him. Good job.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and then uh, second opponent is our first Division One opponent, the Chattanooga Mox. Uh, coming off a 7-4 and four season last year uh, under head coach Rusty Wright, who's gone 22-17 uh, in his time with the Mocs. Um, they've got an interesting uh, quarterback situation. They uh, lose their starter from last year, and they bring in UCLA transfer Chase Artipoias. Um, And like, uh, like I said off the air, um, anytime you get your hands on somebody who – got to run a Chip Kelly offense, even on the practice squad, you know, it's going to be intriguing at the FCS level. Uh, They have another uh, redshirt freshman quarterback, Luke Schoenberg, who I guess was somewhat highly touted coming out of high school, at least uh, at the FCS level of recruiting. Um, And he's expected to be in the mix this next year. Um, Their big returner standout is uh, running back Aleem Ford, who's a fifth-year guy who carried just about all of the load on the ground for them last year. Um, and then also in the receiver room, they return just about everybody from Sam Phillips, Jamoy Mays to Javon Whitley, um, who will definitely ease that quarterback transition, um, whether it's the, the young kid or, you know, the experienced veteran who's played at the power five level. Um, they do lose uh, McClendon Curtis, who was an FCS All-American offensive guard. He's now playing with the Raiders, um, obviously coming from that level. I'm sure us as Kennesaw State fans are going to be rooting for him to succeed um they only gave up 20.6 points per game last year uh so the defense is really uh the pride and joy of their team uh, and they returned seven of the 11 starters from last season uh so it's going to be probably a rough rough uh run for chris kalanakis and this uh offense coming together early in the season um but they lost three of their last four last year so you know their seven and four record is a bit misleading they were six and one at one point and they lost a bunch of close ones down the stretch.
1: So it's going to be a really tough test for us. Uh, how do you see this one going, John? Well, first, off, I'm just glad that we're playing Chattanooga um, in our last FCS season. You know, I, I think this is the, our first time playing them, and it's you know going it's right up the highway. So you know, I think this is big. We can get some people to travel to the games, get some Owls fans uh, in their in their stadium. Um, but yeah, this game probably means the most to me out of most of the games on the schedule, just because of the proximity. And, you know, who knows when we're going to play them next because we're moving up. So this is kind of like a bragging rights thing. And we don't want to have, you know, we don't want to school right up the road, you know, to have bragging rights on us. Um, But as far as this goes, yeah, I I have no idea how it's going to go. We have so, you know, and that's for most of the schedule, to be honest with you. Um, We have so we have so little knowledge about how things are going. All we have is the coach's word that the practices are going well and, you know, trust in the coaches, trust in the players to buy in. But still, even if everyone's bought in, we we just, you know, there's just so many questions, but, um, you know, I hope we can overwhelm them. And again, hope hopefully we can use that scholarship uh, differential to our advantage. All right. Chattanooga is a beautiful city too. It's going to be a great trip up there when we do go. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, I, I also want to point out that, uh, you know, I went to a Chattanooga basketball game. I went to a couple actually against the owls. And at one of the games, uh, Dennis Haskins, who played, uh, principal Belding on Saved by the Bell, uh, he's an alum there. He's a supporter of the mocks and, you know, he, he wasn't very friendly to me. I was like, Mr. Belding, Mr. Belding. He basically ignored me. Um, you know, I might have given him a, Hey, 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 what is going on here? But, uh, <laughs> you know, he still kind of ignored me, but you know, if, if Chattanooga is as good football as Bayside High School, getting all those championships with Slater, then, you know, we might be in for a fight.
0: Right, and I feel slightly differently um, in regards to this game than you do because I've been around Kennesaw State and FCS uh, Athletics for a shorter period of time. That being said, this game does jump out to me as one of the more important ones because although we'll probably be underdogs in this game on the road um, against a good Chattanooga team, it's definitely not an unwinnable one. Uh, you know, I know the, what we're going to see out of this team is very unpredictable, but I think Chattanooga is one of the few swing
1: games on this schedule. Yeah, um, and if, it's a toss up right, I mean, right right, now until we learn more as the season gets closer, you know, after Tusculum, once we see how our offense looks and get an idea and our players, you know, our opinions will probably could change dramatically in that. Right.
0: Time. Right. And, uh, you know, it could be the difference between going four and five this year and five and four, um, And I think, you know, the players want to play for something. There's not a ton of motivation this year um, with no postseason eligibility. So if you can leave this year with a winning record, I think
1: uh, everybody leaves somewhat happy. Well, um, we'll, well, we'll see who wants to be here. That's what we're right. going to see, even without playing for that. You know, we'll see who has pride in themselves, their performance, playing for their coaches and their teammates. Right. And, you know, if, if you can't do that, then, you know, you'll be sniffed out and cut from the team and won't be back next year. So, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing who brings it.
0: Right. And I mean, while we're on the topic, I wanted to touch on this earlier, but, you know, there's a huge question of motivation for not only this year, but the next year, because you have back-to-back years of, Postseason eligibility, and it sucks for us as fans. But uh, I think everybody needs to realize that it's a necessary evil for taking that next step as a program. Um, so yeah, just uh, keeping expectations at bay and really
1: giving all of our support and hoping that these players buy in. Um, I actually I actually think that next year we won't have as much of a problem. People will be just so enamored with their new shiny toy, which is Conference right. USA, that the excitement of that and you know proving that we belong could be a as- enough of a motivational chip that we need like coach bohanan used the chip when we were best from 2015 to like 2018 you guys are the first to do this the first to do that you're making history here nobody's expecting you know we'll we'll still have that
0: underdog chip right totally and like you said just being enamored from uh, the fan perspective having a team like a middle tennessee state you know coming and play us at fifth third bank is going to be a really cool thing to see um but yeah anything else you got on chattanooga
1: uh, absolutely not again, nice place to vacation, but let's move on to uh,
0: Furman. What do you got for us? Uh, easily the toughest team on the schedule. Um, they go 10 and three last year and they return just about everybody. Um, their only losses last year coming to Clemson, uh, a top 10 at the time, Samford team, um, and then incarnate word in the, uh, FCS playoff second round, um, coached by Clay Hendricks. Um, they return Tyler Huff as a fifth year senior at quarterback who, uh, Had good numbers through the air, but also added 700 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, He's listed as a top 20 quarterback uh, preseason in FCS this year. Um, But the real uh, stud on this team is Roberto Dominic, their running back, who went for 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns on 5.7 yards per carry last year. Um, It was all-conference second team. uh, Also returns for his fifth year. Um, And then they have a pretty solid wide receiver room, too. Uh, Joshua Harris went for 667 yards with five touchdowns last year. Um, And then other guys, Wayne Anderson and Kendall Dean were also big contributors to that offense. Um, They lose their uh, FCS All-American tight end, Ryan Miller, which is the biggest loss from that team. Um, But, you know, rush heavy team, I think they'll be able to adjust. Uh, It's going to be a next man up type of thing. Um, Only the defense was also solid. They only gave up 20.8 points per game. So uh, easily the toughest game on the schedule, in my opinion.
1: How do you see this one shaking out? Uh, well, from what you mentioned, they have a good dual threat QB, and that always scares me. To be honest with you, especially with a new defense, I really don't think we're going to be hitting our stride until at least halfway through the season. So that just, you know, that's just another avenue that our defense is going to have to cover. Um, in addition to the strong running back uh, that you mentioned, um, you know, like I said, we're just going to have to play the games. Um, I I can't, you know, give a prediction one way or another now, but. Uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a difficult task to, uh to face Furman. Um, you know, I can say that I actually went to Furman for the game. Uh, was it 2016? Something like that. Um, the owl was just, you know, just, we couldn't stop scoring every possession. I think we went up big. And then the second half, if I remember correctly, was kind of the opposite where they kept scoring on us. Luckily we held them off and we won by some like insane score, like 55, 42, something, something like that. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm hoping for the best. I'm just glad we get to play them.
0: Um, Furman has become one of the premier FCS programs uh, in the country. And, you know, with this last year of transition, this might be the last opportunity um, that we get to see these guys for a long time. Um, so I'm just excited to get to have them in our building one more time.
1: Or, you know, I guess for the first time ever. So Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they do have some uh, famous alums I looked up, actually. Um, they have Sam Weish, who led the Bengals to the Super Bowl a million years ago as a quarterback. Uh, Dakota Dozier, drafted by the Jets, who I despise, in the uh, fourth round of the 2014 draft. I believe he was kind of like a semi-bust. I don't think he made it. Not sure. Um, You have Billy Napier, Florida head coach. Um, And you have Xavier Woods, uh, the professional wrestler. Um, And if you know Xavier Woods, you know New Day Rocks. New Day Rocks. And, you know, maybe we can bring some pancakes to the game and throw those on the field. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But um, they do have a a solid alum base out of all the schools that I looked up. You know, they were one of the most impressive on our schedule as far as alum bases go. Yeah.
0: uh, So that's all I got on Furman. Uh, Like I said, toughest game on the schedule. Uh, Just, you know. Looking at it right now, obviously things are going to change drastically throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, getting him at home definitely helps. Uh, but it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't know that I see us uh, competing, um, in all honesty. Uh, I know you don't want to make a prediction right now, so we can move on unless you've changed your mind. Well, um, I will say, you know,
1: that's why they play the game.
0: Absolutely. That's why,
1: that's, that's why we play the game, boys.
0: Absolutely. All right. That's all right. Coming up next, we got Tennessee Tech, um, who might have a coach on the hot seat. Uh, Dwayne Alexander has really struggled in his tenure um, in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, He's gone 16 and and 36, I believe, to this point, uh, including four and seven in 2022. But they got kind of weirdly hot uh, last year after losing to us um, in Kennesaw in overtime um, from the Ohio Valley Conference. They lose starting quarterback Jeremiah Oatesville, who took – little over 95% of the snaps last year. Um, they had very uh, little depth last year, and we're going to see that this year um, as currently their quarterback room includes two redshirt sophomores and a redshirt freshman who are yet to record a stat with the team. So, yeah, there's a big question mark right there. Uh, they do return running back Javion on Allen um, who went for a uh, little over 500 yards last year. Um, he's a solid player, uh, carried a lot of the load for them last year. And like many of these teams on this list, uh, the big plus form is going to be returning just about all of their receiver room, um, uh, including Metrius Fleming, Bradley Clark, and Willie Miller. Um, they do lose David Gist, who uh, was a pretty heavy contributor in the running game last season for him. Um, like I mentioned, we played him last year, um, beat him 33 to 30 in a game that was probably closer than it should have been. Um, and I don't mean the game itself. I just mean program to program. Um, but yeah, They gave up over 32 points per game last year on defense. Um, uh, This game is in Cookville, Tennessee, I should mention before I go any further. Um, So, yeah, definitely a game I would not call a swing game. Uh, I don't want to say there are any must-wins this season um, because of the nature of the season. Um, That being said, this is a game that Kennesaw, I don't want to say has no business losing, but should
1: not lose. I'd agree with that um, you know, Tennessee tech just, you know, it's, there's a little bit different of a, you know, prestige when you're talking about like a Chattanooga Furman then you go to Tennessee tech, it just doesn't hit the same way, you know, disregarding everything, the players, the rosters, when you say those three schools, you'd be like, okay, you lost Chattanooga, you lost to Furman losing to Tennessee tech is a little bit more, I guess, embarrassing. Um, I don't, you know, personally, you know, not no disrespect, but I don't see that program on the same class perhaps as uh some of the others i could be dead wrong but um uh you know we got to win that one right
0: it's uh pretty re- it's pretty easily reflected in their websites too if you go to chattanooga's football website and then you go to tennessee tech's football website um it's no competition <laughs> i know just just because of uh all the information hunting i've been doing um but yeah uh i think we do win this game i think we should win this game um I think losing this game puts a pretty big damper on the season because there's a real chance that you start one and three, if that's the case. Um, So yeah, unless you got anything else to add, we can move on to uh, Charleston Southern.
1: Uh, Yeah. I just wanted to point out some uh, more famous, uh, famous alums. I did a little bit of research on those just uh, to spice things up a bit. Uh, Franco Mayale former Falcons draft pick a million years ago. It was an, I believe he was an offensive tackle. I remember him. It didn't work out. Uh, you have Rodney Atkins, country singer. Uh, you know, take a back road, Farmer's Daughter. These are my people. Um, and you have Andy Landers, uh, famous women's basketball coach from the University of Georgia. So, um, you know, if those are not actually alums, um, you know, blame Wikipedia. Uh, But then again, I've heard that the internet never lies, so it has to be right.
0: Yeah, Uh, then we can move on to uh, Charleston Southern, um, who had a rough year last year, Uh, went two and eight, uh, had a lot of close losses, so it might not be the purest reflection of the season they had. Uh, They bring in first-year head coach Gabe Giardana, who had a few ties to the school. He was the offensive coordinator at one point, Uh, spent the last five seasons at Albany State, Relatively um, respectable Division II program. He went 37 and 17 with a playoff appearance. Um, so, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, a common opponent from Kennesaw State last season, um, even being out of conference, uh, lost 30 to 20 um, at Fifth Third Bank, and now we go play at their place. Um, they've got an interesting quarterback situation as well. Uh, Ross Malmgrim started the season for them, uh, lit up Western Carolina for over 300 yards and five touchdowns in week one, and then really, really regressed the next three weeks um, and eventually got benched. Um, For Tony Bartolo, whose uh, brother is also a starting linebacker on the team, Um, he started the last seven games for him last year and uh, really held – or last six games, I should say. uh, Really held down the ship. Uh, Not going to say he was great but he was more consistent than uh, Green was. Um, both of those guys are still on the roster and are expected to compete um, for the starting spot again this year. Um, running backs, they return. It was kind of a running back by committing type of deal last season. Uh, they returned guys, J.D. Moore, T.J. Ruff, uh, Roger Calkins, um, all guys who went over 200 yards but were under 400 yards. Um, so not really one standout guy. They had a fun wide receiver, Seth Anderson, last year who uh, – uh, reeled in 612 yards and seven touchdowns as a true freshman. Um, Vincent Davis and uh, Caden Jordan also went over 400 yards, um, big pieces of their offense, uh, really young, young wide receiver room. Um, a lot of underclassmen. Um, all of those guys that I listed are underclassmen. So um, the hope for the program is to de- keep developing those guys under the new coaching staff um, and really just see what comes of it. Um, they return an experienced defense, but not a very good defense. Um, they have a number of fifth-year senior linebackers that are going to be back in their lineup, but like I said, not the greatest defense. They did cough up over 30 points per game last season. Um, they've got a really fun young, uh fun young uh defensive back, Jamel Johnson. Did you say bunions? <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Fun young defensive back, Jamel Johnson, uh who reeled in four interceptions in just eight games last year as a true freshman. Um, so yeah, uh, another game on the schedule where we should definitely, um, win just based on last year's results and maybe their inexperience, um, a bit more of a toss up. Um, but yeah, uh, tell me what you, uh, see in Charleston Southern.
1: Yeah, Kai, uh, Charleston Southern is an interesting one. Um, this is another one, like I mentioned, like with UTC, where I want to get the win for, uh, personal and selfish reasons. Um, we had kind of a little bit of a blood feud going on with Charleston Southern <laughs> in the early days of the big South, when it was a kind of a rivalry, it got kind of heated on Twitter with me and some former players and fans of Charleston Southern, all in good fun. We're all friendly now on Twitter, but, um, yeah, I just want to kind of cover the series history because I think that's important. We did beat them last year, but it looks like we're five and two overall, uh, with them. Um, it looks like also that their 2015 season, which was our inaugural year, where they beat us 28-14, to 14, uh, they had wins vacated, um, and their championship was vacated due to violations. So I'm taking that win away from them. So we are actually 5-1 and one against Charleston Southern because cheaters do not deserve victories. Um, I also want to cover that uh, they vacated uh, 122 victories across uh, three sports as well as three Big South Conference titles by their uh, men's basketball team and football team due to the violations. Excuse me. The Buccaneers (laughs) were forced to vacate 51 wins. They vacated two titles in men's basketball as well as the 2015 Big South Championship. So uh, there was no championship in 2015 uh, because they are cheaters. Um, The school, uh, it looks like in an October report, I guess from 2016 or whenever this was posted, found that Charleston Southern improperly certified 55 student-athletes in 12 sports over a six-year period, a level two violation. Uh, They were not required by rule to announce the vacated victories, but they've updated the record books in men's basketball, football, and softball to reflect the penalties. So um, not only are we five and one against them, we are not cheaters. What do you think about that, Kai? (laughs) Uh, I say it puts us, uh,
0: it puts some respect on our name. Uh, I was going to say it's a shame to lose the rivalry, but also
1: we're moving up and they're not. So, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I want to win this one, you know, going out and I think we will.
0: Right. Just uh, leave with a good taste in our mouths. So uh, transition right into Tennessee state. uh, One of our more interesting opponents this year. Um, coached by Heisman winner, Eddie George. Um, they went four and seven last season. Um, their quarterback, Draylon Ellis returns. He had kind of a rocky year last year, eight touchdowns to six interceptions on 54% completion rate, uh, formerly of Austin P. Um, the running backs, uh, Jalen and Devon Starling both averaged almost five yards per carry. They're a very rush heavy team. If you haven't picked up on that already. Um, but other than those two, they had no 100 yard rushers. Uh, last year, it seemed like they were really struggling to produce uh, offensively, only averaging 18 points a game. But their defense was really impressive. Um, they played ja- Jackson State, led by Deion Sanders, last season and held them to 16 points. Lost that game 16 to 3. Um, overall, across the board, only held, um, only gave up 24 points per game on the defensive side of the ball, um, which, you know, if you do that and you only win four games, there's a lot about your offense. Um, this game scares me because obviously with our underdeveloped offense, um, it's going to be a real test because they return a lot of that defense from last year. Um, so I anticipate somewhat of a slugfest, um, between us and them. Uh, they do have a fun wide receiver named Karate Benson, um, who wears the number zero, who was their leading receiver last season. So
1: yeah. Uh, tell me what you see in Tennessee State, John. Um, I've forgotten everything he said before Karate Benson. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know too much about them beyond, you know, what I researched and what you're telling me. Right. But I, I, I I just, I'll pay to see Karate Benson. That's, right. that's all I can focus on right now. And yeah, let's just get the win. Um, I, yeah. This is <laughs> that, a home that,
0: game. This is a home game, by the way.
1: Um, yeah. I do lump this in
0: kind of in the Chattanooga tier of swing game for us this season. Um, I think it's going to be an easier game to pull out than Chattanooga would be, uh, that all being said, uh, I do think it's one that could go either way. Uh, Tennessee state as a program from everything else I've, uh, read seems to be trending in the right direction. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun one, um, before the back-to-back bye weeks. And they come
1: from, you know, a they're a pretty prestigious school with a good history. Like they been have, around a very uh, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have legends like uh, Falcons legend Claude Humphrey, uh, Ed Tuttle Jones, Dominic mm-hmm. Rogers Premari is a very very good player in uh, his different era, but his his own right. And uh, Oprah Winfrey, I can't say I'm an Oprah fan. But, um, you know, she, I think she did, you know, bring Dr. Phil into the world. So I kind of have a dislike for Oprah for doing that to society, but, uh, you know, but anyways, um, that's all I have on Tennessee state. You know, I'm, you know, I think we'll win. I hope we'll win. And, uh, you know, it's at home later in the season, you know, we've got some games under our belt here. We got to get this W
0: and just touching on what you said, um, I think it says a lot about a program when a guy like Eddie George, who was a perennial back in the NFL for half a decade, you know, was willing to take that head coaching job. Um, So yeah, they uh, scare me a little as a program. That being said, I think they still fall under the category of very winnable games for us. So yeah, let's transition to what is a more than winnable game
1: for us. Uh, I just want to say, Eddie George was kind of a beast on like Madden 1998. (laughs) I believe it. I think think he had an 85 speed. I wish we could have bumped that up, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, unless you had any more to add about Eddie George, uh, the 1995 Heisman winner. The next game after our two bye weeks to prepare um, is a little bit more than winnable. We play Lincoln University, the Oaks, the Oaklanders out of Oakland, California. Um, They won two games last season against uh, division three opponent, uh, Hilbert university and division two opponent Bluefield state in the last week of the year. Um, yeah, like I said, they're located in Oakland. Uh, so far as a program, they've only played road games. They're uh, coached by a guy named Desmond Gums, who's three and 16 as head coach so far at Lincoln university. Uh, Name some of you all might know. Uh, Desmond Bishop is the defensive coordinator. He was a former linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Um, as of last season, uh, very bare bones setup. They have no uniform sponsor. Um, it's just a blank uniform with their logo and the numbers. Um, so yeah, uh, supposedly their basketball coach is Gary Payton, but that was announced over two years ago, and there are no signs of a program. So uh, interesting school. Um, I know you've
1: researched them uh, to an extent. So tell me what you found. I found pretty much what you found, um, you know, Gary Payton was their coach. And I think I read something a while back, like their, you know, their AD was also their football coach or just some kind of just very small school type thing. And, you know, I don't want to give too much time. We're going to blow them out and put the L link Lincoln, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm not excited for this one. This is the kind of like joke game. And I understand with the way the schedule is, you know, people, it's hard to get people to play us because we're an FCS independent have to vacate our conference schedule this year. So we have to find some opponents, but, you know, I'm not too excited. Like, are, are there fans going to come in like a top hat and beard, like Abraham Lincoln? Like, <laughs> is their mascot, like the giant Lincoln from like the Washington Nationals mascot race? Like what, like, I just, I'm I'm just not excited about this other than, you know, I, I'm I'll find other things to do. You know, I'll yeah, watch the right. game because I have to watch the game, but I'm probably not going to go. I'll probably watch it on TV, tweet it out and have something else on uh on the other screen. Um I mean, there's no reason that we should be playing these football games
0: um if there was a line on this game, which I'm sure there won't be, it would be around the the 50 mark and not because we couldn't beat them by a hundred if we, you know, wanted to, but because it's going to be a matter of how much we want to put on them. Um, And no disrespect for Lincoln. It seems like they're a somewhat growing program and I admire that their coaches um, do the work they
1: do uh, off of salary. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not their fault. It's just like, like us, if we played UGA, like, you know, and I was a UGA fan, I wouldn't be interested in seeing Kennesaw state knowing the current state of the UGA program. You know what I mean? Right. They would, they would crush us like bugs. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably just, that's just, that's just the truth. I mean, we wouldn't really have much of a shot. Just a, it's just a mismatch and uh, you know, and yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. I guess uh, it's disappointing as a fan because what reason do people have to come out and see this game? You know Um, it's not going to be worth a Saturday afternoon. So yeah. maybe find something else to do. Like you said, uh, stream it what? on TV. If there's anything available to stream, but uh, this one's yeah, an I
1: thought and we played other schools like this in the past. Like I guess, Edward waters, You know, I think Point University, they'll probably, you know, if it gets to that, they'll probably just do like a running clock in the second half or something like that. And I think one game might have been called after, you know, three quarters or something like that. So, you know, it it all depends on how it goes, but I'd be really surprised if Lincoln can even like compete. So we'll see. Right.
0: Right. They did win one of those games, 70 to nothing. uh, I would like to mention on a high school field last year. So they can at least run. We know that much. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm nervous now. Right. Right. Uh, next up we have at Sam Houston state, which is, uh, the only FBS, uh, game on the schedule. Um, they're basically doing what we're doing, but they're a year ahead transitioning to conference USA starting this year. They had their FCS independent year last year, uh, went five and four. They're coached by Casey Keeler, uh, who's got a really strong track record at the school. He's been there for 10 years now, uh, has an 85 and 27 record, uh, number of playoff appearances, Um, guy on their roster, Jordan Yates was a quarterback last year. Uh, I'm sure Kennesaw fans remember him, uh, lighting us up when he was at Georgia tech. I think he went for like 500 or 300 yards, five touchdowns, something around that. Um, but yeah, he had a position change last year after he really struggled at quarterback, only completing 47% of his passes, no touchdowns, three picks. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, vying to be one of their top three running backs this year. Um, They have a Washington State uh, quarterback transfer by the name of Xavier Ward, who's expected to be in the mix, uh, along with Keegan Schumacher, who uh, took on a majority of the load last season, but only completing 48% of his passes. Um, That's obviously a big question mark coming into this year. Um, They have a stud at running back by the name of Zach Hrabicek. Um, I really shouldn't be butchering that because it sounds European and that's kind of my forte. Um, who averaged 5.8 yards per carry last season um, and only took over as the primary back in week three. Um, so he's got, you know, the, the ceiling is unlimited for him. Um, they lose uh, Desmond Johnson or Desmond Jackson, excuse me, uh, who is their second leading rusher um, and was also a heavy contributor to that offense. Um, they add a new offensive coordinator, uh, Brad Cornelson, uh, who comes over from Virginia tech where he was for six years um, so yeah, uh, their bread and butter though was definitely their defense. Uh, they only gave up over 20 points three times last season. And one of those games was Texas A&M and still they held them to 31 and, you know, a Jimbo Fisher offense week one against an FCS team. Um, you would expect a little more than 31 points. So yeah, uh, I'm not going to say that this game is unwinnable, but I think Kennesaw will come in as multiple possession underdogs.
1: Yeah, this has to be the toughest game on the schedule, even with, you know, what you mentioned about Furman, um, Sam Houston state, obviously I'm sure has the, the, you know, the scholarship headcount jump that, uh, Furman, you know, doesn't have, uh, we're going to have to be traveling to, uh, to Texas to, uh, to play this game. Um, and I'm still, you know, we have a good history with them. We played them in the, uh, playoffs, uh, in, uh, 2017, actually went to Houston for that game, um. I'm still not over how we ran an end around to Ezra Naylor, a little used freshman receiver to end the game, um, you know, but Grant Chestnut is no longer our offensive coordinator, so I have no problem saying, why did we run the end around? But um, anyways, uh, you know, I enjoyed my trip to Houston, um, probably won't be going back. Um, their stadium had a payphone, which is pretty much my takeaway of their stadium, And, um, you know, I did get to eat Whataburger for the first time, which recently came to Kennesaw and surrounding areas. I was not impressed. I would definitely not say Whataburger. Wow. No. Um, I like their spicy ketchup. I think, I don't know if I can get that in stores. So spicy ketchup needs to be a thing, but Whataburger, you won't see me there in Kennesaw. Sorry guys. (laughs) I got to disagree with you on that front. Uh, I, was a huge fan of the
0: Kennesaw Whataburger edition. I just needed to wait a few months till, you know, it wasn't a three hour wait just to get a, uh, I'll say a nine oh. out of 10 burger, nine out of 10 that, fast food. burger. Nine in out my of opinion. Ten. Okay. Okay. I'm a, gotcha. I'm, I'm a Whataburger aficionado. Um, so what's a 10 out of 10 burger for you? Five guys, five guys is pretty good. I would still put them a tier below Whataburger, uh, in all honesty. I don't know if there is a 10 out of 10 fast food burger. Um, the quarter pounder from McDonald's is hard to beat. Um, I will say that much. Uh,
1: I'll just say right now, like if, if we were on Twitter, I would be posting like a gif of like Steve Harvey with his jaw and his mouth (laughs) wide open and his jaw dropping after what you just told me. But you know what? Um, You know what? I I think we're just going to have to move on here and agree to disagree. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think we can agree that Kennesaw state will probably uh, leave Huntsville, Texas with a
1: loss. Um, um, I did want to add one more thing if you don't go if for you it. haven't, go Yeah, for it. Um, I looked up their famous alums. And uh, one of them is actually Phil Wellman. Mm. Um, Kai, you're a little probably a little bit too young for this. Um, but you might have seen it on the old YouTube. But Phil Wellman is a former Braves minor league coach, it, okay. probably somewhere in the early 2000s. He's famous or at least famous to me. For going absolutely bonkers against the, uh, I have ambides. seen. I have seen the clip. <laughs> or they, The they, clips, yes. The shoveling t- dirt over the the plate, yes. and whatnot. Yep. Yes, that was amazing, and he did that like little crawl to the mound and launched the rosin bag like it was a grenade over mm-hmm. his head. Um, you know that that alone makes me dislike Sam Houston just a little less.
0: Yeah, uh, and I'm going to beat you to it because I didn't know if you were going to mention it or not, but I believe both the McCown brothers, uh, Josh and Luke McCown, played at Sam Houston State uh, back in the day.
1: Well, um, after, I mean, I just put them up, you know, put them over with Phil Wellman, and now you're just right. putting them down by making them claim the McCowns. But I'm bad. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll do that. I think we all like the McCowns here, right? I like jo- I, I like them. Not it great players, but I'm, there just, was I'm that. Just...
0: There was that one year Josh McCown was on the Bucks, and they really stunk. Um, I don't remember. He was on every team. That's, that's fair. That was the, uh, the Devin Hister, um, uh, Falcons kick return year.
1: Gotcha. We beat him
0: like 42 to 14 at the dome. So, and then I remember he cried after the game, Josh McCown that is. So only reason I remember he was a, he was a buck. He cried at that game.
1: He, he should experience 28 to three and get back to me. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Right. All right. Uh, with that all being said, that brings us to our last game. Um. Also the opponent with the least uh, available information online. Virginia Lynchburg University. Or are they Virginia the best team? Hi, are, they, are they the best
1: team in Lynchburg? Uh
0: they operate just outside of Lynchburg, actually. Um oh. so I was putting, putting down team. Liberty.
1: So just put, just so you know, I was putting down Liberty there since it right. also means the Lynchburg. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I was gonna say uh they're up there. Uh definitely the best team that operates uh just outside of Lynchburg. Um, Liberty's a close second in the area, though, I'm sure. Um, yeah, uh, when I saw them on the schedule first and I saw that they played in the NCCAA, I thought they were um, some sort of junior college. I'll be honest with you. Apparently they were NCAA Division Two at one point. Um, never with football, but with some of their other sports. Pretty decent track school, apparently, um, which was an interesting nugget to find out. Um, but yeah, NCCAA actually stands for the National Christian College Athletic Association. Um, so not a real classification, um, not NAIA, N-A-I-A I, nor I NCAA. thought you were going to say
1: not a real school.
0: Um, barely a real school. I mean, uh, not to hate on seminaries and whatnot, but they were uh, just officially a seminary until the late 90s. Um, they have some God awful uniforms. Um, I don't want to hate on the kids too much. No pun intended
1: with God awful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just says V U L in really large letters right across the chest. Um, We should just
1: make up, we should just make up words and call them that. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to, we're going to kick their butts. So, right,
0: right. Uh, they've played football for a couple of years. Unfortunately, they haven't posted schedules, um, or results other than 2022, um, in which they went, uh, Oh, and 10 in all fairness it was primarily against fcs opponents um i think they played somewhat tight against presbyterian who was a really terrible fcs program these last few years um so yeah i mean another situation where there's no reason we should be playing this game and we're going to wipe the floor with them but i guess the seniors get to leave happy so
1: yeah and and i i don't get it especially it's the last game of the season right so it's not right. like we're we're soft serving it to bench our you know get our starters rested and healthy you know it's just like it's like anticlimactic. It's like the ending of a, you know, a show and the, the final episode is just crap. Right. Um, you know, but I, I guess, you know, if, if we don't beat Sam Houston state, I guess we can come back and end on a, on a win. I mean, right. I don't know.
0: Another thing that sucks about this game is it's not even the last week of the FCS calendar. Um, there's a, an open week, um, right after that we were unable to fill. So, you know, I we mean, can still fill those games. I mean, we could add a game. We could. Um I mean, maybe you get some uh some rain delays, um, some Florida tornadoes or something. You know, you schedule the gators
1: <laughs> at some Maybe, point maybe down the COVID line, knows? Maybe COVID makes a comeback. The the new uh the new verse is dropping, you know, the twenty twenty three. Right, right. Start reselling
0: the season tickets. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that's all I got on the schedule. There wasn't a whole lot to find about Virginia Lynchburg as a program. I really wanted to get really deep into them, but, you know, uh, far less information than even Lincoln had. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a snooze fest. Um, If they want to, Kennesaw State's going to be able to put up 80 points in this game. Um, Will they want to? Probably not, but it's going to be another waste of a Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's the polite way of uh, putting it. And, you know, I, if you follow me on Twitter for years now, like I, I understand why more or less why these games are played. Um, you know, they get easy wins. They look good on the, you know, the records, but it, it just doesn't do anything for me as a fan. And I trash, you know, I trash all the teams that do this, you know, bask any basketball team. And I, it's a necessary evil, you know, it, it helps get the small schools a payday. And all that kind of stuff, but you know, just strictly from a fan perspective, as a person that likes to watch football, likes to watch basketball, doesn't do anything for me at all. Like it, there's no, there's no positives here. Um, even even when you're playing like a D two or whatnot, it, it just doesn't do it for me because the only the negative is they upset you and you look really bad. Right. The positive is you get a win when you know you're supposed to win. Like like, yay, touchdown! And you yeah. sell less tickets
0: than, you know, you would any other game. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, uh, I was a little disappointed we couldn't add a uh, a bye game against uh, a current FBS school, just kind of for selfish reasons, you know, because it'd be a fun trip to make, go play against like a Tennessee or a South Carolina.
1: But uh, it seemed like the 80s uh, the office was kind of sleeping on that this year, so... Yeah, we'll have to see. Again, we'll have to see. You know what the plans are. Maybe they couldn't schedule anything now, but like you said, something will come up, and maybe they're actively recruiting and kind of putting it out there that we're available. I have no idea, but yeah, we could definitely take on another game. And something interesting also to point out is that you know you can play four games and not lose a red shirt, and we have what a nine-game schedule right now. Right. So you know the coaches, you know, could strategically. Do some uh redshirting if they if they wanted to. You know, I'm not saying they would, but you know, certain younger players that are kind of interchangeable at this point from others, you can just split them up like four and four on special teams, that kind of thing. Um, you know, have them benched on, you know, versus the lesser schools and have them play in the others, some of the others, whatever you want to do, uh wait till if there's some injuries, you can, you know, put put a guy in here or there. So, you know. It's it's all going to be about flexible and uh, hopefully the fans are not going to revolt too much.
0: Right, and like I said earlier, you know, with no uh, postseason opportunity this year, this year's all about development. Um, you know, it's going to be a major transition with the offense. Um, you know, uh, as a I'll say former Tech fan, um, that triple option to somewhat pro style offense is not not an easy click. Um, so I, I think the way we have to look at this year as Um, it being just a necessary evil, like we've used a few times over the podcast, uh, it needs to happen. Um, the team has giant steps to take, uh, to get up to FPS level of competition. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add today, but, uh, that, that is the schedule.
1: No, that's, let's end it here, Kai. Um, if you want to kind of take us out and, uh, give, give the rundown on our Twitters and all that kind of stuff. Of course, like I said, I am Kai Millette. I
0: run bigowlblog.com. Um, we got more articles coming shortly. Um, he is John Finer. He runs KSUalHal.com. Um, you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Kai Millett, and Big is at Big John, your Twitter is uh, at KSUalHal, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That is correct. You can find us both on there. Thank you guys all for tuning in again. Um, Both our DMs are always open for, you know, recommendations, constructive criticism. We got a lot of good stuff uh, last time around. So please just let us know.
1: Yeah. Even if the criticism is not constructive and you just want to call us, you know, a bunch of assholes, go for it. I'm I'm here for you. I personally would love to hear that. So, Me too. All
0: right. We will catch you guys next time. Take care.